0: نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أَمْرِي وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما. So inshallah today we will begin Sahih Bukhari from the Bab in Abwab Sifatul Salah, Bab number ninety five, which is Bab bil lil Imam wal في الصلوات كلها في الحضر والسفر وما يجهر فيها وما يخافت so far in this chapter what have we studied about salah what is the description of prayer how does it begin it begins with takbir saying allahu akbar as well as raising of the hands and then what's the next step what's the next step putting the hands where placing them on the chest and we uh, d- Discussed that also in great detail, and then we also learned about khushur, khushur fesala, and we also learned about the du'a that the Prophet would recite upon saying takbir. The first thing he would say when he would begin the salah was some du'a of istiftah. Now, after du'a istiftah, what's next? Surah al-Fatiha. Right? So remember that in the following ahadith, in the following abwa, we will be learning about qira'ah, recitation. Recitation during the prayer. And that recitation is obviously where? In the qiyam. After dua, istiftah. And that recitation includes suratul Al-Fatiha. And it also includes other surahs. Okay? But always remember when the word qira'ah is used, definitely suratul Al-Fatiha is a part of that okay other surahs are not necessarily part of that because you know that in the first rakah in the second rakah you recite different surahs after suratul fatiha however in the third rakah in the fourth rakah are you required to recite no what was the sunnah of the prophet الله عليه وسلم? only suratul fatiha so bab Wujubil Qiraati, the obligation of recitation meaning it is obligatory to recite recite what suratul fatiha and this obligation is for who Lil imami For the imam, meaning the one who is leading the people in prayer. Secondly, وَالْمَأْمُومِ And also the ma'moom, meaning those who are following the imam in the prayer. Surah Al-Fatiha has to be recited by everybody. The imam, the ma'moom. kulliha In the prayers, which prayers? Kulliha, All of them. Meaning whether it is Fajr, Zuhur, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, any salah. When you're praying behind the Imam, the Imam has to recite Surat al Fatiha and the ma'mum also has to recite Surat al Fatiha. In the Habar, what is Habar? In residence, meaning at home when a person is not traveling. والسفري, and travel, meaning during travel also. فيها, and that which is uh, recited out loud. يخافتو, and that which is recited silently. Okay? Now what does it mean by Hadar and Safar? Let's look at it from the beginning. There is basically three things that Imam Bukhari has mentioned. Suratul al Fatih has recited by who? First of all, Imam and Ma'moon. Okay, Imam and Ma'moom. And the same applies to the Munfarid also, meaning the person who's performing salah himself. Why? Because what applies to the Imam also applies to the Munfarid. Because when a person is praying by himself, who is he leading? Himself. And when a person is praying by himself, anyone can come and join him, and he will automatically become who? The Imam. Okay? So remember that the rulings that are applied to the Imam are also applied to the Munfarid. Okay? So basically, regardless of how you're praying the salah, whether you're leading or you're following or you're praying by yourself, you have to recite suratul fatiha Okay? Secondly, فِي الصلاوات كُلِّهَا And all the prayers... Okay? Whether they are fil hadari wa safari. Whether a person is at home or he is traveling. Now we see that when a person is traveling, then the salah is shortened. Right? Four rak'ah turn into two. But, it doesn't mean that while you're shortening the prayer, you shorten it so much that you don't even recite Surat al-Fatiha. Okay? So Surat al-Fatiha has to be recited whether you are in hadar or you are in safar. The third thing that is mentioned is, وَمَا يُجْهَرُ فِيهَا وَمَا Now, when a person is leading the people in prayer, when he's the imam, certain prayers are such in which he will recite the Qur'an out loud. Which prayers are those? Fajr, Maghrib, and Isha. And other prayers are such in which he will not recite out loud. Which ones are they? Zuhur and Asr. So Imam Bukhari says over here that whether it is jahri salah, or it is sirri salah, the imam has to recite Surah Al-Fatiha, and the ma'moon behind him Even he has to recite Surah Al-Fatiha So for example When we're standing in Zuhur Salah okay, Behind the Imam We can't say Oh the Imam is reciting for us No, no The Imam is reciting Surah Al-Fatiha for himself And we have to recite Surah Al-Fatiha for ourselves So from this The obligation of recitation of Suratul fatiha in Salah is clear What's the evidence of this? A very interesting hadith that Imam Bukhari uses as evidence. Haddathana Musa, qala <laughs> haddathana Abu Awanata, qala haddathana Abdul Malik ibn Umayyadin, and Jabir ibn Samurah. qala he said, Jabir ibn Samura said, that ahlul the Ahl of Kufa. Ahl? Who are Ahl? People. Kufa. What is Kufa? A place, a city. So the people of Kufa, they shaka. Shaka, shikwa, shakwa Complain, good So the people of Kufa They raised some complaints Against who? Sa'dan, against Sa'd Meaning Sa'd ibn Abi Waqas Radhiallahu anhu They raised some complaints About Sa'd anhu And they complained to who? Ila Umara radhiallahu anhu So they brought those complaints to Umar radhiallahu anhu Why? Because Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas عنه, was, appoint, was appointed as the governor of Kufa. And when the people had an issue with their governor, they went to who? The Khalifa. Who was the Khalifa at that time? Umar. So they raised some complaints. So Umar, عنه, what did he do? فعزله. So he. عزل. What does azal mean? اعتزل, to keep away. Right? So azala, meaning he uh, dismissed him. Umar رضي الله removed Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas from the position of governor of Kufa. He removed him. وَاسْتَعْمَلَ alayhim And he appointed over them, over who? The people of Kufa. عَمَّارًا عَمَّار Meaning عَمَّار ibn Yasir رضي الله عنه. So in other words, he replaced Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas with عَمَّار ibn Yasir. fashakaw So the people had complained حَتَّىٰ until ذَكَرُ They mentioned that indeed he, who? Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas, la yuhsinu yusalli. He does not do ihsan in salah, meaning he does not pray salah properly. He does not perform the salah correctly. So they raised many issues and they even complained about his salah because you see, the governor, the imam, the leader of the people, he would also lead them in prayer. He would not just be their political leader But also their spiritual leader So they complained that he doesn't even pray properly So Umar anhu on the one hand He, he uh, replaced Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas immediately But he didn't just leave it there No, he investigated the issue What did he do? فَأَرْسَلَ إِلَيْهِ So he sent for him Sent for who? Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas He called him He called him to himself So that he could ask him that these are the complaints being raised against you, what do you have to say about them? فقال so he said يَا أَبَا إِسْحَاق he said Oh Abu Ishaq who is Abu Ishaq? Sa'ad ibn Abi waqas this was his kunya okay he said Ya أَبَا ishaq, إِنَّ هَا indeed these people yaz'umuna they claim أَنَّكَ that indeed you لَا تُحْسِنُوا تُصَلِّه you do not pray properly these people claim that you are not performing the salah properly قَالَ أَبُوْ إِسْحَاقِ أَبُوْ إِسْحَاقِ meaning Sa'adun Nabi Waqqas he said أَمَّا أَنَا as for I والله by Allah فَإِنِّي كُنْتُ أُصَلِّي بِهِم صَلَاةَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ he said as for me by Allah I pray amongst them the salah meaning when I lead them in prayer what kind of prayer do I perform? the prayer of the messenger صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَ Ma akhrimu anha. I do not diminish from it. Akhrimu meaning anqusu. I do not do any naqs. I do not fall short in following the sunnah of the Prophet. Usali salat al الْعِشَاءُ I perform the isha' prayer. Fa So I make long fi in al ulaiyaini. The first two. Meaning the first two رَكَعَة How do I perform them? i extend them meaning i make them long wa and i lighten meaning i keep short what fil the other two meaning the last two rak'ah sir so isha has how many rak'ah four saad bin Abi uqas is saying i follow the sunnah of the prophet the first two rak'ah i make them long and the last two rak'ah i keep them short now how do you think the first two rak'ah would be long Obviously with the recitation of the Quran. And the second two? How would they be short? Only with Surah Al-Fatiha. Fatiha. qala Umar said, أَبَا aba ishaq. That is the thought about you, meaning that is what we thought about you, O Abu Ishaq. That this is the only thing we could expect from you because you are a companion of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You saw him pray. So we would only expect that she would follow the Sunnah. ذاك ظن بك يا أبا إسحاق. فارسل معه رجلاً أو رجالاً إلى الكوفة. Now when Umar spoke to Sa'd ibn Waqqas himself, now he wanted to hear the other side of the story. So he sent with him, meaning with Sa'd al رجلاً a man or رجالاً or some men, along with him where إلى Kufa to Kufa. فسأل عنه. So these men who were sent with Sa'd they went to Kufa and they asked about him. About who? Sa'dah Who did they ask? Ahl al-Kufa, the people of Kufa. So they're going to do their research, to solicit feedback, to find out as to what is the opinion of the people about Sa'dah al And in order to get their feedback, what did they do? They went to the masajid. They went to the mosques. Why? Because that is where the people are. That is where the public is. وَلَمْ يَدَعْ مَسْجِدًا إِلَّا سَأَلَ عَنْهُ And this person who was sent with him, he did not leave any masjid except that he asked about him. Meaning he asked the people over there about سَعْد رضي الله عنه. And what was the response that they got in general? وَيُثْنُونَ مَعْرُوفًا And they all praised ثنا To praise. They all praised سَعْد رَضِ اللَّهُ عنه مَعْرُوفًا with مَعْرُوف praise. Meaning, understood. It was uh, meaning everyone recognized the good qualities of Sa'ad. No one had any issue with him. Hatta until Dakhala Masjidan, he entered a masjid that was of Libani Absin. That was of the Banu Abs. Because remember that back in the day, how did people live? The families, extended families, would live in a certain area. Not in one house, but in a certain area. So, for example, an entire area a particular tribe or a particular sub-tribe would inhabit it. Okay? And obviously, over there, because if the area was large, they would also have a masjid. So that masjid would be known by the people who lived in the vicinity of that masjid. You understand? This is similar to how if there is a masjid in a particular street, then that masjid sometimes is called by the name of that street. Okay? People don't know the actual name of the masjid. Okay? They will Know it by the street name. Right? So, حتى دخل masjidًا لبني عبسًا فقام رجل منهم. And when they asked for feedback, a man from among them he stood up. And that man, يُقالُ له, he was called Usama ibn Qatada. His name was Usama ibn Qatada. Yukna aba Sa'data. Yukna. Good, masha'Allah. Yukna from kunya. Okay? Meaning he was given the kunya of. Of. Abu Sa'da, That was his kunya. Qala, he said, Amma idh nashatana. Since you have asked us, hmm? he said, This man said that since you ask us and nashatana, you ask us under oath, meaning you ask us in Allah's name. He said, Indeed, Sa'd, he says, Sa'd bin Abi Waqas, he does not yasiru. Yasiru, travel. Good. Bissiriyya, with the sariya." What is Sariya? Okay, good. Huh? Not caravan, expedition. Battle. Okay? Remember, when we study different battles that took place, we categorize them into two. One is ghazwa And what is that? In which the Prophet himself participated, and the other is Sariya. And which ones are they? The ones that he sent that he himself did not participate in. And later on the term that was used for different expeditions was Sariya. Okay, So he said The first issue we have against him Is that he himself does not go out for battle He sends people But being the governor He himself does not participate And he said وَلَا يَقْسِمُ بِالسَّوِيَّةِ وَلَا يَقْسِمُ And he does not do taqsim. He does not divide بِالسَّوِيَّةِ سَوِيَّةِ sawa, سوى, Equality Good when he is dividing the booty Or he is dividing the shares amongst the people He is not just He is unfair And thirdly وَلَا يَعْدِلُ فِي <الْقَضِيَّة> And he is not fair He does not do عَدْل in قَضِيَّة قَضِيَّة What is قَضِيَّة? From قَضَاء Judgment Meaning when he is making his judgments When he is passing judgment between people he's not fair So He he raised these three objections against the companion of Rasulullah said, Ama wallahi, by Allah, La La I make dua with three, meaning I make three prayers over here. I call upon Allah for three things. Allahumma, oh Allah, if this slave of yours is a liar, Qamaria'an, and he has stood up ria'an to be seen was sumatan and to be heard, meaning so that people see him, they admire him, and they listen to him, and they keep mentioning what he has said, and he becomes popular. In other words, he has stood up, you know, with lies in order to gain popularity, in order to show off, and there is not even an atom of truth in his statement. Then فَأَطِلْ عُمْرَهُ Then, O Allah, I beseech you that atil. What does atil mean? From tul, that you make long umrahu his age, his life, meaning give him a long life. Now that seems to be a blessing, but he says atil umrahu wa atil fakrahu, and make his fakr long, meaning make him live a long life so that he reaches extreme. Old age. And he suffers from poverty. وَعَرِّضْهُ بِالْفِتَنِ عَرِّضْهُ Present him with fitan, with trials. Meaning expose him to different trials of life. kana And after, إِذَا سُئِلَ When he was asked, Who? The same man. Which man? Whose kunya was? Abu Sa'dah. Who raised these objections, who, criticized said the who accused him this man later on ila whenever he was asked when somebody asks you what does it mean that they're asking how how how, how are you how's everything going so ila whenever he was asked how are you yaqulu shaykhun kabirun. this shaykhun kabir this old man and he was maftun he was someone who was exposed to many trials in life he would say أَصَابَتْنِي دَعْوَةُ سَعْدٍ the, the du'a of Sa'd has afflicted me. Meaning the du'a that he made against me was accepted. I am suffering today because of that du'a. قَالَ عَبْدُ الْمَلِكِ Abdul Malik said, one of the narrators, he said, فَأَنَا رَأَيْتُهُ بَعْدُ He said, I myself saw that man later on. قَدْ saqata, It had fallen. What had fallen? Hajibahu. His eyebrows عَلَىٰ on his eyes Minal kibar From extreme old age He had become so old That his skin had become so wrinkled That his eyebrows Literally they were fallen on his eyes The skin had almost covered his eyes Extreme old age وَإِنَّهُ And indeed he لِلْجَوَارِ فِي الطُرُقِ جواري, What are Jawari? جَارِيَة Young girl So Jawari, Young girls What would he do? He would, He would harass them basically. Okay, in the streets He would pinch them, poke them. Old man and so maftun that little girls, young girls who are going by, he would just grab them and pinch them and poke them. And obviously you can understand that if a man is physically harassing a girl like that, he wouldn't be pinching her just on the arm. He wouldn't be poking her just on the arm. Right? So he was Muftoon. Now in this hadith what do we see? There's many, many lessons. First of all we see that Umar al khattab when he appointed his governors, he wanted to ensure that those governors were just and fair and they were not oppressing people in any way. And this is the reason why first of all he would make it clear to them from other re- sources we learned that Umar عنه, whenever he would appoint his governors he would make clear to them that I have not appointed you so that you oppress and coerce and force your people nor take their wealth. Rather I have appointed you so that you observe the religion of Allah amongst them. And this is the reason why whenever complaints were raised against his governors Umar رضي would listen to them. He would take feedback. He wouldn't you know, put his governors or his officials in this uh, you know, position where no one could speak out against them, no one could raise any objection against them, no one could give any feedback about them, no. He had made them such that uh, first of all he made clear to them what their role was and secondly he would receive feedback from the people. Why? So that no one could be unfair and unjust and abuse the power that they had been given. You see the Prophet ﷺ also What was his way? He would listen to what the people had to say And the munafiqeen actually made fun of him right? And they said Huwa udhun. He is all ears hmm? That he listens to Everything that people have to say But you have to listen to the public also You have to listen To what the ordinary people have to say also About their leaders Why? Otherwise how can you have you know, The right idea about what the situation is but Umar would not base his decisions Just on what the people had to say He would hear them But he would also hear The other side of the story He would also investigate Okay, So over here we see That for whatever reasons He did have to replace Saad bin Abi Waqas With Umar ibn Yasir And that perhaps was temporary Allah, I, I'm not aware of whether it was a permanent Situation or it was a temporary thing But this had to be done but he called Saad ibn Abi Waqas and he asked him, these are the issues that have been raised against you. What do you have to say? Saad ibn Abi Waqas, he gave his response. But then, again, that was not enough. Umar sent his people to go and find out. Go to every masjid and see what everyone has to say. We have received complaints from these individuals, but we need to find out. Does everyone think the same way? Because you know what happens many times? When we have a complaint about a particular individual, what do we say? You know, everybody feels like that, but they're too shy to speak up. Everyone thinks this way, but they're never going to say So I am speaking on behalf of everybody. We generalize the feedback. Okay? And many times when, when such feedback is brought to us, we accept it we like, okay, if one child is saying, everyone is thinking like this, then this must be it. No, you need to ask everybody. You need to find out from everybody. If you want to make a fair, just decision, then you need to get feedback from everybody. And this was the justice of Umar رضي الله That how he sent his people, every masjid, find out from them what they have to say. Now, we see that everybody had positive things to say about Sa'ad رضي except for this one man. One man only. And the three complaints he had against him was what? That firstly, he stays back from jihad. Secondly, he is not fair in his distribution. And thirdly, he is unfair when he makes judgments. Right? Now, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, he made three du'as against him. Why three? Three accusations, so three du'as. Because what do we learn in the Qur'an? That when you have been transgressed, then you may take revenge, but far'tadu بِمِثْلِ مَاْتَدِدْ Right? That similar to that which has been done to you. Not more than that. Because if you do more than that, then you are the oppressor. You are the transgressor then. So this is why Saadul Anhu, he made three du'as. And look at how he made it clear that, Oh Allah, if this servant of yours is lying, then, then make his life long, And obviously if life is long Then what does it mean? More sins will be committed A person will experience more difficulty in life Because old age is extremely difficult To the point that a person is sick of his own body He's sick of his own life He doesn't want to live on anymore He doesn't want to live on anymore To the point that he begins asking Allah for death Because his body does not cooperate with him things have changed, he has lost his ability, Uh, you know, at so many levels, life is more difficult than easy so long life is, is difficult especially if it's with sins especially if it's with dependence on others but on the other hand long life with health with good deeds is a blessing long life with health and with good deeds is a big blessing that everyday a person is you know, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more Benefiting other people more That is a blessing Because he can increase in his good deeds The second dua that he made against him was That increase his poverty And the third thing Expose him to trials Now Saad would anhu He was not an ordinary man He was a companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And remember that at the battle of Uhud Saad bin Abi Waqas was with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet ﷺ was giving him the arrows. And he was saying, shoot these arrows, O Sa'd, may my mother and father be sacrificed for you. This dua, the Prophet made for Sa'd al And this was يعني, very unique. Every companion did not receive such kind of support from the Prophet ﷺ. It is also said that the Prophet ﷺ prayed for him that, O oh Allah, make Saad would mustajaab Meaning the one whose du'as are accepted. And really, Sa'da became of those people whose du'as were accepted. Now Imam Bukhari is using this hadith over here to extract a lesson. What lesson? That recitation is mandatory in prayer. Huh? Now what do we see? Saad he said that when I pray, hmm, four rakar, isha for them, the first two are long and the second two are short. And this was the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Now, the fact that there is some length to all four raka'ah, what does it mean? Recitation of Qur'an is being done. Minimum of Surah Al-Fatiha in all four raka'ah. So what does it mean? Obligation of Surah Al-Fatiha in all raka'at. Secondly, the first two are long, which means that after Surah Al-Fatiha, there is also some other recitation. Thirdly, we see that he is reciting... Uh, Surah Al-Fatiha himself And he is expecting the people behind him are also reciting The same applies to the Imam and the Ma'moom Because this is how it was at the time of the Prophet And this is how he did it also حدثنا علي بن عبد الله قال حدثنا سفيان قال حدثنا الزهري عن محمود بن الربيع عن عُبَادَةَ بن الصَّامِتِ ان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا صلاتة. The messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said la there is no salah, there is no prayer liman for the one who lam not yaqra he recites with the Fatiha of kitab what is al kitab surah fatiha so the one who does not recite Suratul Fatiha, then his salah is not valid, it is not complete. So what does it show? Surat al Fatiha is obligatory in Salah. Now notice over here La li Liman for the one who. Man over here is general. Whether he is the Imam or he is the Ma'mur or he is Musafir, or he is at home or he is praying himself. Or it is siri Salah or Jahri Salah, man is general. So the hukum is general. So the minimum qira'ah required in every rakah is of what? Suratul Fatiha. Now there is a question. If the Imam is reciting Suratul Fatiha, and let's say it's a Jahri Salah, so for example, Maghrib, and he's reciting Suratul Fatiha out loud, what is a Ma'moom supposed to do? Is he supposed to recite at the same time? Is he supposed to recite after the imam? What is he supposed to do? Hmm? After the imam. But then after the imam finishes Surah Al-Fatiha, he moves on to another surah. Yes, there are certain uh, places where you go, and the imam will give a long pause after Surah Al-Fatiha, so that the Ma'moom can recite their own Surah Al-Fatiha. But it doesn't happen every time. And if you start reciting at that time, then you're not listening to the imam. You're not listening to the Qur'an. Whereas in the Qur'an, what have we been taught? That إذا قرئ القرآن فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنصِتُ You have to be silent when the Qur'an is being recited. Right? So then what are you supposed to do? Again, if you read as soon as he will finish, either you are reciting when he is reciting, which is wrong, or you are reciting when he is giving a pause, which is Alhamdulillah good. But you won't always have that option. Okay, so what is it that we're supposed to do? Remember that there are two scholarly opinions, meaning both of them are correct. Whichever one you've been taught, whichever one you know you practice, Alhamdulillah, it's fine. The first opinion is that it is obligatory for the imam and the Ma'moom both to recite. So even the Ma'moom, he has to recite. How will he recite? He will recite simultaneously with the imam, or he will recite after the imam gives a pause, or if the imam does not give a pause, then he will recite his own Surah Al-Fatiha. And yes, uh, on the other hand, we do learn that reciting the Quran, uh, when the Quran is recited, you should listen. But the, the scholars have said that over here, this is an exceptional situation. Because the Prophet said, لا صلاة لمن لا يقرأ بفاتحة الكتاب. So if he will not recite Surah Al-Fatiha, his salah will not be complete. So they said he has to recite. Okay? So this is one opinion. The second opinion is that the recitation of the Imam is also the recitation of the one who is praying behind him. Okay? But this is when? When the Imam is reciting out loud. When it is Jahri. So for example, Maghrib Salah, the Imam recited al Fatiha. And when he finished he said, Ameen, and you were saying Amin with him. Now what does it mean? When you're saying Amin with him, you're asking for the same thing. Okay, so it's as though the Imam recited Surah Al-Fatiha out loud for who? For himself and for all the people who are behind him. But for the third rak'ah of Maghrib, you cannot say the Imam is reciting for me. You have to recite Surah Al-Fatiha yourself. Likewise, Zuru Salah, Asr Salah, you can't say Imam is reciting for me. You have to recite yourself. Okay, is it clear? Is it clear? Okay. Ibn Hajr said that those who say that the one who is praying behind an imam does not have to recite it in prayers where Quran is to be recited out loud such as the Malikis quote has evidenced the hadith when he recites then listen attentively because in a hadith we learned that the imam when he recites then the people were told listen attentively meaning don't start reciting and remember when the Prophet would receive wahi and he would start reciting at the same time what was he told? What was he told? لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل بي. Don't move your tongue in order to hasten. No, at this time when Qur'an is being recited, you have to listen. You cannot be reciting simultaneously. And this hadith is authentic. When he recites, then listen attentively. So what do we understand? That when the imam is reciting out loud, then he is reciting on your behalf also. You have to say Amin. If the imam gives a pause after Suratul Al-Fatiha, you know, take benefit from that pause and recite Suratul Al-Fatiha yourself also. Okay? But it doesn't mean that for every rakah you depend on the recitation of the imam. No. When the imam is not reciting out loud, then you have to recite for yourself. Clear? You listen. Now, in the first rakah, second rakah, of jahri salah the imam recited surah, uh, recited surah al-fatiha you said ameen so the prayer you know, was also yours but the second surah that he recited are you supposed to recite that also? no you are not required to recite why? because the imam is reciting for you because otherwise why would the imam be asked to recite out loud? if everyone has to recite at the same time then why would the imam be asked to recite out loud? Okay, good question. Now, what if you join the prayer and the imam has already completed Surah Al-Fatiha? Then what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to recite Surah Al-Fatiha yourself. Because you missed the Fatiha of the imam. Okay? Any other question? You recite softly, obviously. And over there, uh, you are exempted from the, the command to listen attentively. Why? Because the the command of reciting Surah Al-Fatiha applies to you. You understand? that will that, that is applying to you. Why? Because if you don't recite Surah Al-Fatiha, your rakah will be invalid. It will be incomplete. So then, one command will take precedence over the other. You understand? Sometimes, it seems like, oh, they're they're contradictory. If you follow one, you'll be not following the other. But it's not like you're following one and opposing the other. It's that in this situation, one command will take precedence over the other. This is just like the Prophet forbade people from fasting on Saturday. Okay, He forbade. From clear ahadith we learn, it's forbidden. However, when a person is fasting on Friday, then he should either fast on Thursday as well, or he should join it with the fast of Saturday. Okay So The fast of Saturday Nafal fast of Saturday Is permissible for you Why? Because you are Fasting because of Friday You understand Likewise You want to fast Let's say the three White days Okay The middle of the month And that happens to be On a Saturday Now that prohibition Will be cancelled by the Other ruling You understand So remember that in in different situations different commands or different prohibitions will take precedence and this is very very important for us to understand okay because otherwise we become very uh, you know rigid and we become angry with other people that why are they not doing what we are doing okay so it's important to understand this difference okay inshallah حدثنا محمد بن بشار قال حدثنا يحيى عن عبّيد الله قال حدثني سعيد بن أبي سعيد عن أبيه عن أبي هريرة أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم دخل المسجد That once the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم entered the masjid فدخل رجل And a man also entered فصلى And he prayed The man, he entered And he prayed Which صلى do you think he performed? دحية المسجد فسلم على نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم then he came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said the salam. He returned, meaning, he said, وَعَلَيْكُمُ السَّلَامُ وَقَالَ And he said to that man, the Prophet said to that man, إِرْجِعُ Return, فَصَلِّ And pray. فَإِنَّكَ لَمْ تُصَلِّ Because indeed you have not prayed. Go repeat your prayer because you have not prayed. What you did right now was not salah. It's not counted as salah. So he returned and he prayed كَمَا صلى, Just as he had prayed before ثُمَّ جاء, Then he came فَسَلَّمَ عَلَى النَّبِيَّ And he came and greeted the Prophet ﷺ فَقَالَ Again the Prophet said اِرْجِعْ Return فصلي, Then pray فَإِنَّكَ لَمْ تُصَلِّ Because you have not performed the prayer And this happened ثلاثًا Three times This happened three times So the man went and performed his salat three times فَقَالَ Then he said bilhaq By the one who has sent you in truth. By who? Allah who has sent you O Prophet with the truth. Meaning whatever you say is the truth. I believe. You are right, I am wrong. Bilhaq, hmm? Because you you will only speak the truth. I don't know any better than this. I don't know any better than this This is a salah that I know Faallimni. So teach me فَقَالَ So he said إِذَا قُمْتَ إِلَى الصلاتي, When you stand up to pray فَكَبِّر Then say the takbir then اِقْرَأْ Recite What is easy for you? From the Quran And obviously if This begins with Surah Al-Fatiha And after Surah Al-Fatiha Whatever is Easy for a person and easy means whatever he knows and whatever uh, you know time he can give. Okay. سماركع, then do Rukur. until you become still while doing Rukur. Go down into Rukur and become you know, still over there. Summarfa, then get up. until you are Ta'dila Ta'adilah from Adul, like to, to be straight. Qa'iman, Like you're, you're standing straight properly as you should be standing still. ثُمْ Then going to سَجْدَ حَتَّى تَطْمَئِنَّ سَاجِدًا Until you become still while prostrating. ثُمْ Then get up حَتَّى تَطْمَئِنَّ جَالِسًا Until you become still while sitting. وَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ فِي كُلِّهَا And do this in your prayer, all of it. Meaning for every rakah, this is what you should do. Beautiful hadith. What do we learn from this? First of all, we see the obedience of this companion. So, Prophet tells him, Go repeat your prayer. And he goes and repeats the prayer. He comes back and he's told again and again. Three times he is told, Repeat your prayer. And that's how he goes and repeats the prayer. Look at how obedient he was. He didn't say, Why? How come? What did I do wrong? You told me once? you told me to repeat my prayer, I repeated it. Now you're telling me to repeat again? And again? Without any objections, without any questions. If the Prophet is telling me, I have to go repeat. Look at the respect that he had and the obedience that he showed. It's amazing. You know, this hadith is known as the hadith of Musi'i ṣalāh The one who did not pray properly. But if you think about it, look at the humility of this companion and the obedience of this companion And the persistence And the patience that he had He didn't get angry He didn't give up It's amazing Beautiful behavior Be- Beautiful obedience Secondly we see The hikmah of the Prophet also That the Prophet Wasallam did not Teach him the first time If you think about it, it It would have been easier Right? That the man came and prayed The Prophet could could have said That this is you know, a mistake that you made You made this mistake, you made this mistake Please correct it No He didn't tell him his mistakes the first time What did he say? Try again Try again Try again He gave him three chances Why? Why? Wasn't this process longer And perhaps more difficult for the companion? But why is it that the Prophet adopted this methodology? Why? So that the companion would figure out the mistake himself He would figure out the mistake himself He would realize That oh, this is the mistake that I made And this is a very very important rule to remember Many times it happens that when children are learning hmm? Whether it is to speak Or it is to write Or it is any, any kind of skill what happens is that as mothers, or sometimes as teachers or as assistants, we don't even let the child realize the mistake that has been made and we just instantly correct them. There is another approach, which is let the child figure out the mistake that he has made. For example, he's putting puzzle pieces together. Okay? And he's put the wrong pieces together. Okay? Now, one is that you say, no, 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 this is not how we do it. And you break it up and you say, this is how we do it. And the child is like, oh, why? He, he, he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. And the other is that you question him. And you say, do you think this piece fits here? There is a tree on this side and there is a man's foot on the other side. Do you think these pieces go together? Let him use his mind and think. This is a much better way of learning. This is... You know, training the person to become an independent learner how long will they depend on you on us, they cannot so let them make mistakes, figure out their mistakes, learn from their mistakes because this is how they will grow right, but what happens is that we become impatient, we say let me just do it myself, you don't know let me just put it together for you let me you know put put the pieces together for you no let them figure out the mistakes themselves and this is a part of growing up right and secondly we see there was another benefit that when the companion tried once twice thrice and he realized that you know what i'm doing something wrong and i don't know what i'm doing this made him eager to learn the right way more eager and this is why he said وَالَّذِي بَعْثَكَ بِالْحَقِّ مَا أُحْسِنُ غَيْرَهِ فَعَلِّمْنِي Please teach me. Whereas if the Prophet told him the first time, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, instead do this, instead do this, the companion would be like, okay, sure. And he would forget. But now he was so receptive. right? He was so open to receiving any kind of command from the Prophet regarding the prayer. And you see, the companions also, they were listening, watching, attentively. What's going on over here? What's the mistake that this man made? We better find out. Right? So, this made the people more eager, and this made the companion more eager also to learn. Because many times it happens that when a person starts to do something himself, you know, he's very enthusiastic, and he thinks that he can do it. And he believes that he's doing it right. And if you say, no, no, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, there, his whole confidence is shattered. Hmm? Or at the beginning, if you tell them, you're making this mistake, you're making this mistake, they're not going to listen to you. They're like, you know what? You don't know, I know what I'm doing. Don't tell me. But what happens? When they're allowed to make a mistake, and they realize, uh-oh. And they make another mistake, then what happens? They come to you asking for help, asking for guidance that I'm making this mistake, please tell me. But they will only come to you when they will feel comfortable asking you. They will not feel comfortable asking you if you're pointing out their mistakes from the first day. This is a very important point that we need to remember as mothers, as sisters, as mentors, or whatever our role is in our family, at an institution, at a workplace, anywhere. So the Prophet The way that he taught this man was very, very beautiful. Thirdly, we see over here that the Prophet ﷺ, he taught him the correct method of salah. And he didn't teach him every single detail. Just the basic things. Or the things that this man needed to know. Okay? And part of that was what? That when you pray, when you get up to pray, when you stand to pray, then begin with the takbir and then recite whatever is possible for you from the Qur'an. So from this Imam Bukhari has extracted that it is mandatory to recite from the Qur'an and that is Surah Al-Fatiha minimum in every rakar. Because at the end the Prophet ﷺ said, fi kulliha." Do that in your entire prayer. Now, what was the main mistake that this man was making? The major mistake. That he was not observing Tama'nina. He was not he was rushing through the prayer. He was performing the prayer very quickly. Which is why it seems that the Prophet had to tell him, recite the Quran. Because if a person has just stood up and instantly is going down into the courts, like as he hasn't recited at all. So the fact that he emphasized on recitation and then for every position afterwards he said حَتَّى تطمئن, حَتَّى تعتدل, حَتَّى تطمئن, حَتَّى تطمئن. So what does this show? That tam'nina is also a part of prayer without which salah would be incomplete. What is tam'nina? That when a person is performing the salah in every position that he goes into, he becomes still before moving on to the next position. So for example, getting up from rukur, when you get up, yes, you said, Sami'a اللَّهُ لِمَنْ Hamida. Now, Rabbana وَلَكَ الْحَمْدِ hamd, Hamdan طَيِّبًا Tayyiban Mubarakan There should be some dhikr, right? And then, when a person has become still, then he should move on to the next position, which is of Sajda. Not that on coming up he's saying, Sami'a اللَّهُ لِمَنْ Hamida, and on going down he's saying, Hamdan كَثِيرًا Tayyiban Mubarakan Fih. Allahu Akbar. No. No. He should stand up, become still. Even if it's just for a second Even if it's just for 2-3 seconds Very very briefly But he should have this طمعنينة. And this is something that we should remember Even when we're rushing to finish the prayer In a state of, of some emergency Okay Because sometimes it happens that You're performing the salah It's fajr time Everybody's sleeping Okay, your children are sleeping And your alarm goes off Right It happened with me with me this morning and I was so worried That if this alarm doesn't stop My daughter is going to wake up And if she wakes up Then there goes my salah hmm? So uh, at that time I mean sometimes you have to rush Through the prayer You have to finish it But in that Don't start rushing That no position is complete Every position must be complete And how is it completed by طمعنينة. Okay. And this is so scary ارجع فصلي فإنك لم تصلي Go back and pray because you have not prayed You have not prayed How important it is to learn the correct method of prayer Because if a person is not performing a salah properly It's as though he is not performing it It's as though salah has not been done فإنك لم تصلي Haddathana Abu Nu'mani, Haddathana Abu Awanata, An Abdul Malik ibn Umayyadin, An Jabir ibn Samurata, qala qala Sa'dun. He said, Sa'd radhullahu anhu said, Kuntu usalli bihim salatah rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Same hadith that we learned earlier, another chain, another text. Sa'd ibn Abi Waqas said that I used to perform the salah with them, the prayer of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, meaning exactly how he used to pray, which prayers, Salatayil Ashiyi. The two prayers of Ashih. means early, early evening, so afternoon prayers, so and Asr. I used to perform the two afternoon prayers, mid-afternoon prayers, Zuhur and Asr. La أخرِمُ عنها, and I did not shorten it. I did not diminish it in any way. أركُدُ في wa وأحذِفُ في الأخرين. I would make the first two rakah long and the last two rakah short. فَقَالَ umar Radhiyallahu anhu. That is exactly what we expected of you. That is what we thought of you. And this shows to us the husnul walan of Umar So we see that in one narration, Umar is reported to have spoken about his rishah prayer, and in this narration, his zohor and asr. Okay. So uh, the lesson over here is that whether it is rishah or it is or it is asr. Whether it is jahri salah or sirri salah, imam, ma'mum, everyone has to recite. with surah? Surah al-Fatiha. Bab al-qira'ati fi Recitation in the zuhur prayer. Meaning in the zuhur prayer also, one has to do qira'ah even though it is sirri. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا شيبان عن يحيى عن عن عبد الله بن أبي قتادة عن أبيه قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقرأ في الركعتين الأولىين من صلاة الظهر بفاتحة الكتاب والسورتين. he said the prophet would, يقرأ, he would recite in the two raka, which two Al the first two من of the prayer what would he recite فاتحة الكتاب meaning Suratul Fatiha and along with Surah Al-Fatiha, he would also recite Suratayn, two Surahs. Meaning, in each Surah, sorry, in each Raka'a, a Surah. يُطَوِّلُ فِي الْأُولَى He would make the first Raka'a long, fi فِي thaniya And he would make the second Raka'a short. So the first two Raka'a, after Surah Al-Fatiha, was more recitation. The first rak'ah was long and the second rak'ah was short. What does that mean? A longer surah in the first rak'ah and a shorter surah in the second rak'ah. وَيُسْمِعُ الْآيَةَ أَحْيَانًا وَيُسْمِعُ And he would make here al ayah, an ayah, أَحْيَانًا sometimes. Meaning sometimes he would say an ayah out loud. Why? So that the people could hear him. وَكَانَ يَقْرَأُ فِي الْعَصْرِ and he would recite in the asr prayer بِفَاتِحَةِ الْكِتَابِ surahs. Surah Al-Fatiha and two other surahs Meaning a surah in each rakah وَكَانَ يُطَوِّلُ فِي الْأُولَى And he would make the first rakah long وَكَانَ يُطَوِّلُ فِي الْرَكَعَةِ الْأُولَى من صلات الصبح And he would make the rakah even longer The first rakah in which salah In the salah of subh Meaning in the fajr prayer Meaning in the fajr prayer The qiyam would be even longer It would be even longer. وَيُقَصِّرُ فِي الثَّانِيَةِ And the second one would be shorter. So in this hadith, what do we see? Four prayers have been mentioned. Zuhur. Sorry, three have been mentioned. Hmm? Zuhur, Asr, and Fajr. In all three prayers, what was the way of the Prophet In the first two rakah, what would he do? Recite some Qur'an after Surah Al-Fatiha. But what was his methodology? First rakah. More And the second rak'ah Less So the first rak'ah Would always be longer Than the the second rak'ah Okay But remember That this is the general rule That always when you're praying The first rak'ah Should be longer than the second However Sometimes If a person does end up Reciting a longer surah In the second rak'ah There's no harm Okay There's no harm Like for example you read the first rakah, okay, and you recited, let's say, uh, Fajr Prat, Surutun al okay, And in the second rakah, you say, I will recite Surah Al-Nazi'at. But if you see Surah Al-Nazi'at, it's slightly longer than Surah Al-Nabah. There's a slight difference over there. okay. Now, you can't say that, oh, I have to make it less than Surah Al-Nabah, so I will stop, you know, five ayahs, Short. You know, I I won't recite the last five ayat. No, complete the surah. There's no harm. Okay? And we see this in the sunnah of the Prophet actually. That in Jumu'ah salah, in the first rakah, what would he recite? سَبِّحِ اسْمَ al A'la, And in the second rakah, what would he recite? Surah Al-Ghashiyah. And Surah Al-Ghashiyah is actually longer than Surah Al-A'la. Just slightly. Slightly it's longer. So remember... That generally first rakar should be longer than the second However, if sometimes it's the other way around No harm Okay, there is no harm Don't think that your salah was invalid حَدَّثَنَا عُمَرُ بْنُ حَفْصٍ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا أَبِي قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا الْأَعْمَشِ حَدَّثَنِي عُمَارَةُ عَنْ أَبِي مَعْمَرَ قَالَ سَأَلْنَا خَبَّابًا He said, we asked خَبَّاب رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أكان نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم؟ أكان نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقرأ في الظهر He said, we asked Khabbab, did the prophet used to recite any Quran in ظهر and asr? He said نعم, yes. He said, how do you know this? He said by the movement of his beard. And we have read this hadith earlier. So this hadith actually clarifies to us that. Uh, <clears throat> In zuhur salah, the imam and the Ma'moom Both have to recite Okay, The imam and the Ma'moom both have to recite And from this second hadith We also learn about the way of recitation That how should it be? With the movement of the mouth If the Prophet Prophet's beard was moving What does that mean? His mouth was moving His lips were moving So even though his recitation was not audible in the sense that people could not hear his recitation, still his mouth was moving. Which means that salah, we cannot read in our mind, in our heart. No, you have to pronounce the words with your mouth. Your lips have to move, your mouth has to move. Okay? It doesn't mean that we whisper so loud that everybody can hear. No. It means that we just move our mouth. Move the lips. Okay? The lips must be moved. Inshallah, we will conclude over here. Okay, سبحانك الله وبحمدك نشهد والله لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته.